Get your Bibles out, if you would, please. We've been doing a series around here that we have been calling Better. And the reason why we're doing this series is just simply because I think the beginning of the year, there is always this kind of something in us that we are looking back at the last year, and we're looking at this next year, and how can we make, make this next year better than last year? Well, Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 7, he says, but I tell you the truth, it is better for you that I go away, for if I may not go away, the Comforter will not come unto you, and if I go on, I will send him unto you. And so Jesus was telling his disciples that it would be better for him if he left so that he could send the gift of the Holy Spirit for each one of them individually. And so throughout this series, we've been asking this question, so what is this gift of the Holy Spirit, this gift of something better, actually mean for us today? He was speaking this over 2,000 years ago, but what does this mean for us today? Well, look at this in John chapter 14, verse 16. It says, Jesus said, I will pray the Father... And he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. That word helper in the original Greek language that this was written is the word parakletos, which means comforter, intercessor, advocate, one who comes alongside of. Listen, everybody, that's the role of the Holy Spirit. That is who he is. The Holy Spirit wants to come alongside of you as your advocate, the one who not just believes in you, the one not, not just cheering you on, but the one who will actually cause your life to live beyond what you could do in your own strength and your own ability. He wants your life to be greater than what you could just accomplish in and of yourself. And one of the ways, and we've been looking at a bunch of different ways that he does this, but the way I want to talk about here this morning, one of the ways that it, the Holy Spirit causes your life to be better is that he speaks to you and he shows you really the will of God for your life. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 12, he said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. And he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Listen, everybody, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to talk to you. Come on, turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, look at your neighbor in the eyes, and tell your neighbor the Holy, wants, Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. Listen, everybody, it's true. That's not who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit wants to talk to you. The Holy Spirit wants to give you instruction. He wants to give you guidance. He wants to give you counsel. The Holy Spirit wants to help you with all the things you're going to face in life. And the Holy Spirit wants to lead you into things that are absolutely wonderful for you. I want you to listen to this devotional from Oswald Chambers, my utmost, from my highest. I always say, if you don't have a good devotional, go back to Oswald Chambers, my utmost, from his highest. It was written... Uh, centuries ago, but it is still so applicable, and I got a hand, uh, my hands out when I was in college, and I still read it to this day. I want you to listen to this one. It comes from Isaiah 6, verse 8, which says, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. Oswald writes, God did not direct his call to Isaiah. Isaiah overheard God saying, who will go for us? The call of God is not just for a select few, but for everyone. Whether I hear God's call or not depends on the condition of my ears, and exactly what I hear depends upon my spiritual attitude. Matthew 22, verse 14 says, Many are called, but few are chosen. That is, few prove that they are the chosen ones. 
The chosen ones are those who have come into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and have had their spiritual condition changed and their ears opened. Then they hear the voice of the Lord continually asking, who will go for us? However, God doesn't single out someone and say, now you go. He did not force his will in Isaiah. Isaiah was in the presence of God, and he overheard the call. His response, performed in complete freedom, could only be to say, here I am, send me. Remove the thought from your mind of expecting God to come to force you or to plead with you. When the Lord called his disciples, he did it without irresistible pressure from the outside. The quiet yet passionate instance of his follow me was spoken to men whose every sense was receptive. If we will allow the Holy Spirit to bring us face to face with God, we too will hear what Isaiah heard, the voice of the Lord. In perfect freedom, we too will say, here am I, send me. The Holy Spirit never speaks to us in startling ways, but in ways that are easy to understand. And we say, I wonder if that's God's voice. Ever think that before? Trying to figure out the voice of God. Is that God speaking to me or not? Isaiah said that the Lord spoke to him with a strong hand. That is, by the pressure of circumstances. Nothing touches our lives, but it is God himself speaking. Do we discern his hand or only mere occurrence? Get into the habit of saying, speak, Lord, and life will become a romance. Every time circumstances press, say, speak, Lord, make time to listen. Chastening is more than a means of discipline. It's meant to get into the place of saying, speak, Lord. Recall the time when God did speak to you. Have you forgotten what he said? As we listen, our ears get acute. And like Jesus, we shall hear God all the time. Because I have listened definitely to one thing from the Holy Spirit, it does not follow that I will listen to everything he says. The way in which I show the Holy Spirit that, that I neither love nor respect him is by the obtuseness of my heart and mind to what he says. If I love my friend, I intuitively detect what he says, and Jesus says, ye are my friends. Have I disobeyed some command of my Lord this week? If I had realized that it was a command of Jesus, I would not consciously have disobeyed it. But most of us have showed disrespect to the Holy Spirit that we not even hear what he says. He might never have spoken. The destiny of my spiritual life is such identification with Jesus Christ that I always hear the Holy Spirit, and I know that he, is always, he always hears me. If I am united with Jesus Christ, I hear the Holy Spirit by the devotion of hearing all the time. A lily or a tree or a servant of God, and they convey the Holy Spirit's message to me. What hinders me from hearing is that I am taken up with other things. It is not that I will not hear the Holy Spirit, but I'm not devoted in the right place. I'm devoted to things, to service, to convictions, and the Holy Spirit may say what he likes, but I do not hear him. The child attitude is always, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. If I have not cultivated this devotion of hearing, I can only hear the Holy Spirit at, voice at certain times. At other times, I'm taken up with things, things which I say I must do, and I become deaf to him. I'm not living the life of a child. Have I heard the Holy Spirit's voice today? So much in this that I can't hardly digest all of this. But listen, what you need to understand is the Holy Spirit is talking to you. He is speaking to you. And if we're ever going to receive the help that the Holy Spirit wants to come alongside of you as your advocate, then we have to be able to discern his voice, to recognize his voice. Romans 8 verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. And so one of the chief characteristics of being a daughter of God, being a son of God, is that you are being led by the Holy Spirit. 
And listen, everybody, this is not something that just happens once in a lifetime. And it's not just for some elite few special Christians out there. If you are a son or a daughter of God, it is your right to access the voice of the Holy, of the Holy Spirit. Not being led by the Holy Spirit isn't something that is part of your um, being a child of God. You being led is your right. It should happen on a regular basis. You should be hearing and responding to the voice of the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. But let me qualify this, because I think a lot of times when we start talking about being led by the Holy Spirit, what comes to mind are, are visions and, and hearing the audible voice of God or seeing handwriting on the wall or these pillar of fire by night or a cloud by day. I, I think that's a lot of times where we go to when we start thinking and, and thinking that the Holy Spirit's going to lead us, we kind of go through these extraordinary ways that we read in the Bible. Because after all, that's how Abraham was led, right? That's how, that's how Moses was led. That's how Joshua was led. That's how Daniel was led. That's, when you look at the Bible, that's how the great men and women of faith were led. And so I think for a lot of us, that's kind of what our expectations are. We have this expectation that God is going to lead us, the Holy Spirit's going to lead us in these extraordinary ways. And I'm not necessarily saying that he won't. I'm not saying he won't do those types of extraordinary things, but there are so much more common ways that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you today. And the reason is because Jesus' death and resurrection changed everything in your access to the voice of God. Look at this in John chapter 10, verse 1. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is a shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Now, look what Jesus was saying here. Because Jesus was talking about that you would be able to hear and to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. Which means if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you have direct access to the voice of God. You do. If you've given Jesus reign in your life, then that opens the door. You have access to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the Apostle Paul, he says it this way in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. He says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you do not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And so here in these verses, Apostle Paul, he's describing actually probably the most common way that the Holy Spirit is going to lead you, and that is through what's called the inward witness. Everybody say inward witness. Look again, verse 16. It says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If you're taking notes, underline the words, bear witness. Because those words in the original Greek language that this was written is the word sumartureo, which simply means to testify jointly, to corroborate by concurrent evidence. And so to bear witness means it's, there's a response happening. There's a response that is going. The Holy Spirit's giving us a response to something, which means there has to be a plan. There has to be an idea. There has to be an action. There has to be a statement. There has to be a step that you take that the Holy Spirit now gives you a response for or against that action. And here's the thing about the witness of the Holy Spirit to you. It's not really a feeling. 
I think way too many of us were led by our feelings. We get a feeling here, we get a feeling there, and then we say, well, that's the Holy Spirit leading us. No, that's just leftover pizza gurgling in your stomach, everybody. Too many of us were just left, we're kind of led by our, our feelings. The inward witness is not just a feeling. It's much deeper than that. It's this knowing that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. And so here, the Apostle Paul is writing in Romans chapter 8 that the Holy Spirit bears witness to us that we are children of God. And so think about that. Because what he's saying here, so when I, when I say, I am a child of God, the Holy Spirit's actually responding to that. I'm making a statement. I'm a child of God. And so the Holy Spirit is bearing witness to my spirit that, yes, Russ, that is true. You are a son of God. And so it's, just, it's kind of like the nodding effect. Yes, yes, you got it. You got it right. You are, you are a son of God. Say those words after me. I am, I am a, child of God. a child of God. Say it again. I am, I am a child of God. Now, here's the thing. If you've given your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit just did something in you. The Holy Spirit was speaking as a response to you in that. And again, like I just said, he's just nodding. If you've given your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit's saying, yep, yep, yep. It's kind of like having this green light of approval, this green light, yes, you're going the right direction. Yes, you have it right. But here's what I've noticed. If you've been a Christian for a long time, the tendency is that we get really used to that. We get really used to the affirmative of the Holy Spirit because he speaks to us a lot in the inward witness, and he's just affirming. It's just kind of this green light. Just keep moving. You're going right. You're going right. You're going the right direction. This is right. This is right. And so a lot of us, when we're trying to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit, it's like, I don't know if I recognize that because I don't have this overwhelming feeling that the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. But here's the thing. He just did because you just made a statement, I am a child of God, and if you've given your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit just affirmed that in you. But some of you felt it, and some of you didn't feel it. Neither of it's right or wrong. The issue is you've just kind of gotten used to the affirmative. But if you were to say, I, I am a child of Satan, now what do you feel? What's the Holy Spirit doing? The Holy Spirit's giving you the, ah, oh, no, 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 that, that's not right. You hear what I'm saying? A lot of times you've got to take a misstep to see the red light, to feel the red, to feel the red light, where the Holy Spirit goes, nope. That's not what's happening here. That's not, what, that's not what is true. And so that's what the word bear witness means. It is this, this idea of corroborating to give evidence. I mean, think about it just in terms of a court of law. Because in a court of law, you would give evidence after the statement has been made, this man is guilty. And so to corroborate that statement, you would say, um, yes, this man is guilty. I was there. I saw him do it for sure. This, is, this man is guilty. Or to give evidence against, you'd say, no, 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 this man is not guilty. This man wasn't even in the state at that time because I was there with him, and so I know he didn't do it. And so to give evidence is on one side or the other. To either say, yes, this is true, or no, this didn't happen. And so when the Bible describes for us that the Holy Spirit bears witness, that's what he's doing. But that means that you have to have something out there that he's bearing witness to, which means you've got to take a step. There has to be an idea. There has to be a plan. Too many of us, we just stand still. God, what am I supposed to do? And we just stand still. Take a step. Ask him a question. Move forward. Present a plan. And then let the Holy Spirit respond to that, either with a green light, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, or with a red light, 
because he's going to bear witness to your spirit. That's one of the most common ways that you're going to be led by the Holy Spirit. Another way the Holy Spirit speaks to us is just simply through a word, a word. And what a word is is just this kind of inspired thought that just gets dropped into your mind. It seems like it comes out from nowhere. And those thoughts a lot of times are a point of counsel or advice or warning, but how I've recognized it in my life, it just seems like it just comes out of nowhere. It's just this kind of spontaneous word or thought that didn't really have a logical connection to what I was thinking or what I was doing. I was talking with the Catalyst 2 group, I think two weeks ago, and we were talking about all the different ways the Holy Spirit speaks to us, which we can't do it here really in a Sunday service. There's just too many different ways the Holy Spirit leads us. And so I'm just kind of highlighting a couple of them. But I mentioned to the Catalyst group that, for me, I feel like this is one of the ways the Holy Spirit speaks to me a lot. Um, I don't know why. I think, he, I, I think all of us are different, and I think the Holy Spirit will speak to you similarly. So you get used to hearing his voice. And for me, this is one of the ways that he's constantly spoken to me is just by dropping a word out of nowhere. And sometimes it's just a singular word, and sometimes it's a phrase of words that just kind of gets downloaded into my thought. Uh, out of nowhere, and I, I mentioned two weeks ago, because um, what was right, right on, on top of my head is the directors of one chapel I just met the day before, and we've been praying about this opportunity um, for the launch of, of a next campus, and so we are praying through this and trying to a- ask the question, okay, are we supposed to move forward with this or not? So it's a question, it's a plan, it's an action, and we're looking for the response, how is the Holy Spirit going to lead us, what is he saying to us? As, as a church, as, as a congregation here. So that's what the directors were doing, and I was a part of that, that prayer time when we were, we were doing that. And all of a sudden, I had this word just downloaded, just out of nowhere, and the word was tapestry. Now, I've learned this over time, that I don't just dismiss random thoughts anymore. Because I don't think, I don't ever think about tapestry, everybody. <laughs> it's just not a part of my language. It's not a part of what I think about. And what was strange, though, is that I had no meaning attached to it. I'm thinking tapestry. What does that have to do with anything that we're talking about? In my head, I'm just thinking a piece of fabric that's been all those types of things. That's all I can think about is just the strict definition of tapestry. Because a lot of times when God downloads a word to me, it has all this wealth of meaning. And I, and I understand the meaning just like that. It comes not just with a word, but a definition and a meaning for action. I didn't have any of that. I just had this random word, tapestry. That got downloaded into my thought. And so I, I pull up my phone, and I'm having to look at the, at the definition because I don't think, God, we're talking about material right now. I don't think that's what you're trying to tell me, that we need to buy tapestry for a church or something. I don't know. So I'm looking at the definitions, and the beginning definitions were all the what is common things. And then all of a sudden, there's a definition that just came alive in that situation. And I shared that definition, and it spoke directly to what we were talking about. This is just a word. This is the way, one of the ways that the Holy Spirit leads us is just by dropping a word. And so don't ignore those spontaneous or seemingly random things that get downloaded into your thoughts because the Holy Spirit leads us that way. And here's a kind of another way, kind of a different category of the way the Holy Spirit leads us, and that's through pictures or visions or dreams. It's more of a visual thing. Word is more kind of this auditory thing that you're hearing not really with your audible ear, you know, your, your physical ear, but more your spiritual ears. Your, this thing just gets dropped into your thoughts. Similar thing when we talk about the kind of this visual thing, whether it's pictures or visions or dreams. And you'll see this all throughout Scripture. God uses visions and dreams to direct people really, really since the, the beginning of time. And the only difference is whether you're really you're awake or, or you're asleep. That's the only difference. Dreams 
obviously, are where God speaks to you in the middle of the night when you're asleep. And you need to know that. In case you didn't know that, everybody, God will speak to you through dreams. And some of you, by the way, let me just suggest this to you. Some of you, that's the only way God can get to you because you're so, so, so stubborn and busy, he can't speak to you any other time. Come on, you know what I'm saying, right? Come on, poke your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Okay, nobody did that. How come? But turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor he's talking about you. There you go. Well, thank you. But, but here's the thing. If God's going to speak to you in dreams, pay attention. Don't just ignore them. I was mentioning this the Catalyst group two weeks ago that, that this is the reason why you need to have a, a, just a, a notepad and paper by your bed so that when you, when you wake up, that you can just write it down. You don't have to have the full understanding or revelation for it, but just write it down. Then it's something you can pray about and just kind of see. Some things are going to become obvious, and some things you just kind of put on the back burner and just kind of wait to see if God gives you any more revelation. And so dreams happen when you're asleep, where visions, on the other hand, happen when you're awake. And it's like God just downloads a picture, or sometimes it's more like a, this is a short film that just passes, just, and it happens so fast, but for you, it's almost like a slow-down thing. It's not necessarily with your, 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 your natural eyes, you just, you, but your, your spiritual eyes, you just see it. This picture just comes into to, to, to view, or this kind of moving story happens. And I've shared this before, that the first time that I ever had a vision um, that I remember was when I was in college, and I had gone through kind of a two-year um, probably the worst two years of my entire life, even till to this day. And it was just because circumstances and all sorts of stuff were just happening, just created this downward spiral um, in, in my own life, and it actually created a, cri- a crisis of faith. I grew up in a Christian home. I believed that there was God. But when difficulties started happening, when all this junk started going on, I started crying out to God for intervention, but nothing. Nothing was changing. My circumstances weren't changing. My feelings weren't changing. My thoughts weren't changing. And so I was having this crisis of faith, even though I believed there was a God, God, why aren't you intervening here in this situation? Why aren't you changing this situation? And so my discouragement grew into disillusionment, which eventually grew into hopelessness. And it was a whole two-year process of this kind of downward spiral that I was going through, and it all kind of came to a climax when I went home for a Christmas break um, to be with my family and we were at Christmas, a Christmas Eve service, and I'll never forget this for the rest of my life, um, that I was sitting in a, a church service like this, a, kind of a typical Christmas Eve service, and the service was going, and everybody seemed happy around me, and I was just done. I, I was as depressed as ever, and had just gotten to this place of hopelessness, and I finally verbalized it in that moment. I said, okay, God, I, I just, I give up. I give up hope that this is ever going to change. And it was interesting because as soon as I did it, I had this vision, this picture. And it began just to unfold very quickly in front of me. But it was so, it was so visual. And what, and what I saw was this, 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 this little boy who was standing what looked like against this, this big wall. And he was just thrashing about, hitting his fists against this wall. He was crying. He was mad. He was angry. Um, and then all of a sudden, it was like the camera angle backed up. And I got a bigger picture of what was going on. And as the camera angle backed up, I saw that what the boy was hitting wasn't a wall. This wall that he was trying to punch through was actually the chest of God. And all of a sudden, I saw God's arms just go like this and push this boy and begin to bring him to his chest. And as the boy was thrashing about with the, with the pressure of the arms around him, his arms just became pressed up against his side. And as soon as he could no longer move his arms and thrash about, that was finally when he looked up and he saw the face of God. That was the vision that happened that fast. 
And as soon as, as soon as that vision ended, this overwhelming presence of God's love just, just filled my heart. And I'm telling you, it changed me forever. It was really probably my salvation experience. Because um, I knew about God, but I really hadn't experienced him before. And that was my experience that changed then, then my life and changed my whole tra- trajectory of my life. Here's what I want you to know. God speaks to us. And he shows us in so many different ways. There's so many things that he has for you that he wants to, wants to show you. And these are just some of the main three categories. This inner witness, the word, dreams and visions. So these are just kind of one of the big categories of how the Holy Spirit leads us. But I want you to notice something. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, notice this. It says, in fact, though by this time... You ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. So here, the writer of Hebrews, he's speaking to these believers, these Hebrew believers who had come to Christ, and it had been a bunch of years, and he's saying, you need to wake up, everybody. You've been doing this a long time. You should know better. You should be further along in your faith. You should be further along in your relationship with God, but you're not. There's a problem here, and I think every one of us can kind of take that personally. He goes on and say, you need milk, not solid food. He's talking about spiritual stuff. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. If you're taking notes, underline the words constant use. Because this is really important. Because we need to continually be exercising our spiritual ears to hear and to recognize the Holy Spirit's voice. It's by constant use, by continually looking for him to move, paying attention, bringing him in to your situations, taking a step and then listening, asking a question, creating a plan and listening, giving room for the Holy Spirit to to download something into you. It's by constant use that we actually grow in our ability to discern and to recognize the Holy Spirit's voice because it doesn't just happen overnight. We learn to discover and we learn to respond to it, which means we have to kind of fine tune our spiritual ears to hear the Holy Spirit's voice. When people first talked when, when I was younger, and people would talk about hearing the voice of God and being led by the Holy Spirit. The only thing I needed to do was, I would, it was like I was straining my physical ears to hear. It's like, I want to hear. But it was all here. I didn't understand his spirit speaking to my spirit. I didn't, I didn't even understand. I was trying to do everything physical. I, I need this, this, physical, this physical thing. But we had, So we have to fine-tune um, our, our spiritual ears to listen. Um, several years ago, I went to the island nations of Vanuatu. And it's out in the South Pacific over by Fiji. If you ever watched Survivor, it was one of the episodes was done on the island nations of Vanuatu. Beautiful. It's kind of like Hawaii, but second world. Just gorgeous. And I went there to minister at some churches there. I was there for a couple of weeks. And, but one of the days um, that we had off... Um, we were able to go out in the ocean on a trimaran. So not a cataran, but a trimaran. So it had three of those things that went into water. I don't know what they're called, but... Uh, was there what? Okay, whatever you said. <laughs> there were three of those that would, cut through, that would cut through the water with this whole kind of netting and stuff and the big sail. But to leave the harbor, it was, it was done through a motor. So the motor pushed us out into the open seas before the sail went up and we began to sail. And that motor was really, really loud. But as soon as we went out on the sea, 
um, he cut the motor, and the sails went up, and it just started one of the most extraordinary things. You get a chance to do it because it's just an extraordinary thing to do that. It's amazing how fast you go across the ocean on one of those things. But very soon, all of a sudden, I started hearing something that was just odd. I actually never heard it before. It was such a strange sound, and I couldn't figure out what the sound was because it was just so odd. It was so different. I had never heard it before. And so for a while, I'm just kind of listening, trying to figure out what it is. I finally asked the captain, what is this noise? Well, he kind of looks at me strangely, and he doesn't know what I'm talking about. And so he said, well, describe the sound to me. So I, I tried to describe as best as I could with words of what I was hearing um, happening right, right there on, on the spot. And he goes, oh, I know what that is. He says, when, when, we, when, when we're cutting through the water, it produces literally hundreds of thousands of bubbles, and those bubbles pop. And so what I was hearing was the popping of all these hundreds of thousands of bubbles that were popping as we were gliding through the ocean. It was an extraordinary sound. And I was mesmerized by that new sound that I was hearing, this popping of all these hundreds of thousands of bubbles as we were going through the ocean. Well, on our way back, um, they had to put back on the motor and, uh, to bring us back into it. But the interesting thing was, this time, even with the motor on and how loud the motor was, I still could hear the bubbles popping. And you know why? Because I I paid attention. I paid attention when the motor was off. And my ears began to be attuned to that sound. And so now even though the motor was revving and it was loud, I could still hear it. I could still discern that sound of those popping bubbles. Listen, everybody. The voice of God is the same way. You have to take time where you're not distracted by a whole bunch of stuff to practice listening. But the more you practice listening, the more by constant use you practice, you grow in your ability to hear and discern. And so even though it's crazy and it's loud, you'll still be able to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. God is speaking to you. Everyone, if, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, he's already speaking. And there's all these amazing things that he wants to show you and, and to lead you in. The only question is, are you listening? Are you listening? If you would, I want you to just close your eyes, if you would, please. And right where you are, would you just do something? Would you ask the Holy Spirit a question? Just ask it. Maybe, maybe there's something that, that, that's coming your way, and you're trying to figure out whether, you're, not to, whether you're supposed to do it or not. Would you just ask him the question? Just say, God, am I, am I supposed to do this? So in other words, give him a thought, give him an idea, give him a plan, and then let him respond. So don't just sit there with nothing, give him something. Or maybe, God, what do you want to say to my wife? Is there something you want to say? Well, what, is there something you want to say to my kids? And see if he'll drop something. Maybe it's a word. Maybe it's a picture. Maybe it's a vision. But just give him, give him a moment here, would you? It doesn't take long. Because <laughs> when we ask, he responds. He's, he's right there responding. He's already speaking. His voice is already speaking. The bubbles are already popping. All we're doing is just tuning our ear to that.
Father, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that you don't just leave us here by ourselves. That we don't have to just try to make our way in this world. That we're not just victims for what this life brings to us. But that you sent your very presence, the Holy Spirit, to lead us, to guide us, to teach us, to show us, to instruct us the ways in which we are to go. And there's wonderful things that you have for every single one of us. And so, Father, I pray for the hunger and the desire for more. For each one of these, just the desire to hear your voice, to follow your leading. Listen, if God showed you something, and he's already speaking, so it's, it's not, that's not the question. But if you, if you got it, if there was a word, or if there's a green light or a, a red light to that decision that you need to make, just, just write it down on your, on your paper. Don't, don't forget it. Don't just pass. Maybe it's a word that you don't know the definition. Just, just write the word down. You can come back to it later. But don't just dismiss it because you don't understand. Just the simplest things. The, when you close your eyes, what's that picture? You know, when you close your eyes, what's that word that gets dropped? Just Most of the time, it's just that first thing. It's just the first thing that he, he drops in there. And just write it down. We're going to move towards communion here. And, you know, maybe the reality is that you're not really sure you are a son or a daughter of God. Yeah, I mean, maybe you've gone to church, maybe you know about God, maybe you know about Jesus, but when we talk about this, we're talking about a relationship, right? We're talking about this interaction, and maybe you've never had that. Maybe you never know that, knew that was possible. You've just been kind of doing a church thing. But what this is about is this relationship that Jesus gave his life for so that we can have access to God. You don't have to go through another person. You don't have to go through a church. You, the Holy Spirit is right there. God is right there with you. But maybe, maybe for you this is something new. You've never really experienced that. You don't really know about it. But maybe there's something that's stirring inside of you that says, yeah, oh, I really want that. Uh, maybe you're tired of church. Boy, you really want something like that. Well, it all starts by establishing a relationship with Jesus. And so the Bible says that if we'll just confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, then the Bible says that opens the door. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And maybe you've heard and believed the lie that's a lot of different ways to get to some sort of higher power. But Jesus said, it's only through him. It's only through him that we have access to God and all the wonderful things that he has, all the better that he has for our lives. And so right where, where you are, would you just invite him in with your own mouth? Just confess. You want him to be a part of your life? Just ask him to come in. Just ask Jesus to come in your own heart, you can make that just dedication. Okay, Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are. And I want to start this relationship with God. 
And then we're going to take communion here together. Here at One Chapel, you don't have to be a, a member to take communion. You don't have to be a member of this church. This is something that Jesus set up for all who believe. And, and so this is our declaration of faith. This is us making a declaration. I believe. And Jesus, I want you and everything you are to be ingested in, in my life. And so there are two stations right here. And so what we do is just we're going to start with the front row, move on all the way to the back. We're going to exit into the middle aisles and move forward and then around. If you'll just you come forward, just take a piece of bread and just dip it in the juice and then circle around here. The ministry teams are always up here too. They're here just to pray over you, to minister to you. And so if you want to stop by or a lot of times they'll just grab you and pray over you as you, as you walk by, they're going to be right here as well. Let's do this here together. Stand on your feet. Let's do this together. <laughs> This is why I wanted you to come to church this Sunday, um, because yeah, I think the only way that you ever grow in listening to the Holy Spirit is, like I just mentioned, with the inward witness, you got to have something to give the Holy Spirit to respond to. You take a step. You ask a question. This is one of the best ways just to start listening to the Holy, the Holy Spirit. And, uh, um, and so I, I want to challenge you. I have a challenge for you. Over these next 30 days, I want, I want you to do something here. And uh, I, I learned this from my dad, and, and we, were, we were praying, gosh, this has been probably about six weeks ago here at the church with the staff, and I had been praying, just as you, most of you know, we do a thing called Legacy around here at the end of the year, and, and all of this is, just, okay, God, what do you want us to do um, how can we reach into our community? What is it that you want us to do in terms of sowing seeds and being a blessing to our community? And we've done a lot of things over the last year of doing that. But I, as I was praying that, God dropped this crazy thought into my head. And my instinct was just to dismiss it because it was just too out there. I thought, that God, this is just too out there. Um, I, I believe God wants to do audacious things, but this was just a little out there for me. And, and so I just kind of let it set. I actually told the staff um, what just entered in my head and just to see what their reaction was. And it was funny enough that the staff was like, oh, yes, I think that's, yes. And I'm thinking, no, <laughs> um, I'm not, I don't know about this. And so I just kind of let it just sit there in, in, my, in my spirit these last um, several weeks, just continuing to pray about it and um, you know, to ask the Lord, is this what you want us to do as a congregation? And we've been talking about it through all the other One Chapel congregations as well. And, and, uh, and I just felt, as we were doing this better series, just the affirmation of the Holy Spirit, yes, let's do this. That there's two things happening here. That there's an opportunity for us to practice listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, which we all need to do. We need to practice, just practice it. Just practice listening and, and learning to discern His voice. So we have that in terms of this better series that we're talking about, but we also have this legacy thing. How can we be a blessing? How can you, God, can you just use these actions here to bless our community and the people that we live around? And, and I, I learned this, this, this from my, my dad, because one of the things that he would always do, that in his wallet, he would always have just this $100 bill that he would just have there asking the question and just being ready for the Holy Spirit to nudge him about, you know, give, give that $100 to this person right now. And he just always, he always done it for my entire life. That's how I know my dad. He just always carries out $100 bill in his pocket. Just, and he's, the whole purpose is not to spend it on himself, but to 
just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to do something like this here together as a congregation. If you would, grab, grab your envelope. Take your envelope out. Hopefully you did what the ushers said to do and wait. If you would, open it up. In your envelope, you have a seed. It's a $50 seed. And here's what I want to ask you to do. I want you to plant the seed. Plant the seed. So here, listen to me, everybody. I don't want you to eat the seed. <laughs> you understand? This is not for you. But I want you to plant it. Think about this. In our congregation, 350 seeds going out and being planted around the hill country or wherever God leads you, you know, listening to the Holy Spirit. Probably for some of you, you've never carried a bill in your wallet or your purse that just sits there where it's the whole purpose is that you're going to give it away to somebody. You've probably never done that. I'm giving you a seed to do that. I'm giving you a seed just to go out and plant. All you're doing over the next month is just carrying it wherever you go and just simply ask the question. Just ask, when you're in this situation, ask the question. God, am I supposed to do that? Don't do it if he doesn't tell you to do it. <laughs> but he will speak to every single one of you. He'll give you that affirmative of this is, this, is, this is right. This is the right place. This is the right person. Plant the seed. Have the conversation with the person and just say, that's what, which is the reason why I attached the little, the little card here for you. It's just to have the conversation. Just say, you know, I don't know why, but I feel like God wanted me to give this to you. And just to let you know that he loves you and he sees you. And, and just plant it as a seed. And then here's what I want you to do. Just email me the story. Just email me the story. You may not know what happens with the seed, but just tell me the story of it. You were at this place. This is what you felt. This is what you did. And this was the response, if there was one. Just email me the story. Because we just want to collect the stories. The hard thing about just planting seeds all over the place is that we don't all get to see what happened. But I want to share the stories with you of what God did as you planted a seed. So just email me your story. You have 30 days just to do this as a practice. So if you would, I want you to stand to your feet. And I want you to take your seed. If you would, I want you just to raise it up high. Just raise it up high, everybody. Father, it's simply a step of obedience, a step of faith that we take these seeds to plant all over this hill country, wherever you lead us, God, that we want to learn how to listen to your voice. We want to learn how to respond to you and recognize when you're speaking. As well, Lord, we want to bless, be a part of blessing others in whatever you're doing in other people's lives. And so, Father, I pray that you commission every single one of these people with the seed. And, Lord, they would go out and they would be faithful bearers of these seeds. And, Lord, that it would just multiply. That you would do a tidal wave of activity across this hill country and Austin region, God. That you would take even these little 
seemingly insignificant seeds. And God, that you would do the extraordinary. God, that you would multiply it beyond our wildest dreams. And so, Father, I just speak your blessing over these men and these women. God, that they would go out and they would hear your distinctive voice and just follow through on it. So I speak blessing over them now. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for coming to church here today. If you're new around here, we have a five-minute welcome party that starts in five minutes. It's 1059 right now, so that means 1104 will start right up the hallway. Um, God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.
reason, reason.